0: And if you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, that's where we're going to be. We're going to read the scripture together and then I'm going to dismiss the kids. It's Matthew chapter 6, Matthew's kind of the second half of the Bible. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, then um, we'll have it up here on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. This is the words of Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus said, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated at this time. Uh, Kids are also dismissed right out here to go with my wife and Emily. As well, our uh, ushers will be coming around to begin taking the offering. As always, we thank you for your generous gifts to the church. Uh, Your financial gifts make all the ministry we do possible. And if it's okay this morning, I just want um, to share my heart a little bit. Uh, there's a million things I could say about prayer. Um, I believe at Wide Up we talk about prayer a lot. Uh, every summer, well, last summer and this summer coming up, um, during the summers we, we set aside time for prayer, we focus on prayer. Um, I, I think everything we do as a church is birthed in prayer. And so we talk about prayer a lot, but I want to encourage you to pray personally. And here's the reason. Because prayer is letting go of the control you never had and waiting into the Father's love. The title of the sermon this morning is Prayer Waiting into the Spirit. And I'm going to be honest, prayer is a, is a spiritual thing. We, we can't rationalize this. We can't, we can't dumb it down. Prayer is like a miracle. The thought that I can pray and God could hear me and the God of the universe who is perfectly good somehow interacts and even at times, I don't know how this works, but morphs his will around the things that we pray. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, this uh, this past weekend, I had the opportunity to go to Galveston and spend some time with my wife, as I mentioned. And we were out in the ocean, and man, the ocean just encourages me, edifies my soul. Um, it's easier to hear God's voice when you're sitting on the beach. I don't know why that is, uh, but it's just totally true. And we're sitting out on the beach, and as I mentioned, it was it was really pretty. Um, wasn't very crowded yet because the summer rush hasn't come at Galveston, and it reminded me of being a kid and going to the beach. And and maybe when you were a kid you went to the beach too. And if your childhood was anything like mine, there were rules in beach safety, or ocean safety, as they say. And the rule was the what came from the reality that the ocean's a, a dangerous big, massive place, right? And especially for a little kid, I mean, that's a big ocean, you're a small kid, the fear is I could get swept into the ocean and drowned, and so depending on how conservative your parents were, there's always rules for how far you wade into the ocean, okay? Uh, Some parents are like super conservative, um, and when you start walking to the ocean, once it gets to your knees, you gotta stop. Right, like you can't go any farther than that, right? Knee is as high as you can go and then don't go any farther into the ocean because that's dangerous. Some parents are uh, a little less conservative and they say, okay, you can go and wade into the ocean because I mean, you're, you're walking into the ocean. And it's it's kind of weird to walk in water, right? And you're, you're wading out. You, you see nothing but the endless water in front of you. It's, a, it's an amazing experience, Right. And they say, okay, well, once it gets to your waist, then you have to stop, right? Like once, once the water gets to your waist, that's too, too far, and, and you might be able to, you might lose control, so you've got to stop, right? Some parents are a little less conservative. And they say, okay, as long as it goes up to your belly button and no farther, that's as far as you can go. And if you know anything about the ocean, when it starts hitting your belly, that's when it gets really real because it's like cold because your belly is real sensitive to like, you know, like the hot and the cold. I mean, it it starts getting really real. You're like, man, I'm in the water now. Some parents are less conservative. And they say, okay, you can wade into the ocean as far as you want as long as it doesn't go anywhere above your chest. You can go that far. Other parents, you're crazy and you say that they can go all the way up to like your head as long as somehow your head is kind of above the water and your feet are touching the ground and you're seven years old, you can go that far into the ocean and somehow it's still safe. I shouldn't say crazy, you're adventurous. <laughs> Free spirit, you, you let your kids experience life to the fullest, Man, that's a better way to put it. I didn't mean to fit anybody with that, I probably did though. Um... And the whole point is that when you wade into the ocean, in order to be safe, your feet have to always be able to touch the sand. Because if there comes a point when you're going into the ocean and your feet can no longer touch the sand, it's dangerous. And the problem is you're no longer in control. And I'll admit, that's a great way to approach ocean safety. But that is a horrible way to approach God and to approach the Holy Spirit's interaction in your life. White Oak, the greatest threat to your faith is not atheism. The greatest threat to your faith is not another religion. The greatest threat to your faith is not some influence on your life. The greatest threat to your faith is you. The greatest threat to your faith is your desire to be in control. The greatest threat to your faith It's this idea that somehow you will wade into God's presence and into his kingdom and into his Holy Spirit, and and you'll go in, and you'll let the water come up on you a little bit, but you'll never go beyond the point where your feet can no longer touch the sand. And, And what prayer is, prayer is this idea that I'm wading out into God's will, Prayer is this idea that that the will for my life is set aside, my personal views, and I'm wading into the Spirit of God and what He wants to do with my life and what He wants to call me to do. And some of us, we have like this, this death grip on our life and it is suffocating us and it is killing us because my life needs to go the way that I want it to go. This is my vision for my life and it's not coming to pass and I'm so frustrated and, and I hate my life. And every human struggles with this because we have this passion to see certain things happen and yet the Lord's Prayer that we're going to see today, the Lord's Prayer is waiting out of our control and is waiting into the ocean of God beyond the part where we can still touch the ground and control everything. prayer is letting go of the control you never had but you thought you did and wading into the love of the Father you cannot pray the Lord's prayer and remain in control of your life we talk about without borders yeah, here's another line Everyone in this church, you're welcome to follow Jesus. You're, you're welcome to come on this journey of faith and getting to know God and seeking him and seeing him work in your life. We can all be a part of this, but you can't cross that line. You can't come any further if you're not willing to let the spirit have control of you. Why, are, are you willing this morning to come with me and to wade out into God's love? Are, are, you, are you ready to loosen the death grip on your life are you ready to pray your kingdom come, your will be done, and actually mean it? Are, are, are you willing to set aside your personal belief on even how your kingdom come and your will be Are, are you willing to assess it how you think that looks and to trust that God is in control? see, prayer is that moment in the ocean when your feet can no longer touch the sand. Prayer is the moment in the ocean when your feet can no longer touch the sand, meaning you're no longer in control. And even, you know, kind of like when you're swimming, I mean, you've got some control, right? I mean, you can kind of, I'm, I'm a horrible swimmer, right? So I'm, I'm not a good example of this. You can kind of direct where you're going, but it's a lot easier when your feet are touching the ground, isn't it? You see, we are called to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, to be Spirit-led. It's called releasing the outcome of your life for the sake of Christ's kingdom come. And I think one of the reasons we don't talk about prayer a lot is because it's like super spiritual. And I think especially in a Baptist church, what you find every, every denomination, every tradition has good things about it and things it needs to work on. Um, In the Baptist church, we're, we're usually pretty good about order and the Bible. And, you know, we, we hold to the truth of scripture. We let the Bible mold our lives, you know. Uh, One of the things that probably we can grow in, as evidenced by the prayer room we just opened, is like prayer. And the more spiritual aspect of the faith because, and the problem with the spiritual aspect of the faith for us is like we can't control it, right? Like it's, it's uncontrollable, you can't manipulate the spirit, you can't make it do what you want it to do, because prayer is the moment when your feet can no longer touch the sand, right? Like it's that moment when you're you're wading in, you're, you're totally immersed, you're totally at the will of the current of God in your life, and, 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 and you're not in control anymore. There was this moment in the prayer room, we dedicated it, uh, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, about 10 days ago, we gathered in there. About 40 people from our church showed up and, and we, we prayed in that room. And there was this moment where after we prayed together, we broke up into groups. And so if you go into the prayer room, you'll see there's two rooms in a general area. And the room that's uh, in the, this, on this side in the back is the room where we pray for like the local church, the city. The, the room on the other side is where we pray for the world, the global church, the, the nations, and, and the general area. is just really designed to be a general area. But we broke up into like, some people were praying in one room for the city and some were praying for the world and we were in the main room praying for our church. And there was this moment where like, everybody's praying, right? Everybody's engaging and somehow speaking and thinking. And as the Lord's Prayer, God is hearing it. Because Jesus says to pray in the Lord's Prayer because he hears our prayers, right? And we're all praying. And there was this moment where I could hear every room praying a different thing. And I'm like, my goodness. God can hear all of these things. And it just reminded me that prayer is like this, it's a spiritual thing. It, it's not within our control or even within our comprehension, And I'm like, man, God does not have to pick and choose who he wants to love or who he wants to interact with. God is so big and so perfect. He wants to do so many things in the world that he's listening to every single prayer that's being said, and he's excited, and he's interacting with it, and he's blessing the faithfulness of our prayers. And when we pray, it's so humbling because we stop doing, and we just start being with God. Because prayer is letting go of the control you never had and waiting until the Father's love. In verse 5, I, I love this. He says, Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners. He says, don't be like those religious hypocrites who want to pray really loud and everybody can hear them and they're really eloquent. And um, don't, don't be like those people, right? You know, religious people, like they make you feel bad about yourself by the way that they pray somehow. It's just like, man, they're really good at praying. And Jesus says, praying is letting go of what others think about you. Praying in prayer, in true prayer, we're letting go of what people think about us. You see, true prayer desires God, not applause for how prayerful you are. Right? To pray is to let go of the death grip of wanting everybody in this world to approve of us. Wanting every other person who, in the end, will all stand before God by ourselves. That critic that I have, that person that gives me trouble, will not be standing right next to me telling God how bad of a person I am. At least I hope not. In the end of your life, and you know this, it's really between you and God. And prayer is letting go of what other people think about you. And then he says, And and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Here Jesus is saying that prayer is letting go of our attempts to manipulate God. Some of us, we have a prayer formula, okay? And I've had different formulas throughout my life, right? I remember when I was a kid, there was this one time like I prayed for something, and uh, I prayed this, like, different kind of prayer. I used, like, a different kind of word. I actually, I referred to God. What was the word? It was, like, Hosanna. For whatever reason, I was employing the word Hosanna in my prayer. And I prayed to God, and uh, he actually answered that prayer. And so I was, like, probably, like, 11 or 12, and I, I began to believe that every time I prayed in the name of Hosanna, or I, re- I used that word of God, because God has many names, Right. Whenever I prayed that uh, to Hosanna, like he would answer my prayer, right? And so that was like my trump card. When I when I needed something, I would pull out Hosanna in my back pocket. I'm like Hosanna, Hosanna. I like this girl. My team's losing. I don't like that person. And Jesus says, repetition's not a bad thing. But thinking that because I repeat the same prayer a million times, that somehow I'm going to manipulate God. I'm going to make him do what I want. Because once again, prayer is, is, is letting go of our attempts to manipulate God. We must always be searching our hearts. God, do I really want your kingdom come or, or do I want to do what? What I want you to do. And, and here's the thing. I'm gonna be real for a second. I, I know this is hard. And, and I, I'm not telling you to to fight through prayer. I'm not telling you to just like suffer because uh, it really doesn't matter what you think or want. God's gonna do what He wants anyway. Just do the right thing. Be honest. Like like no no. no. I, I believe with everything in me that when we let go of our, li- like our life and we wade into the love of the Father, like when we really say, God, look, I'm going to pray to you and I'm going to actually somehow trust by the power of your Spirit that like life will play out the way that you want it to play out for me. That, that my job, that, that my family, that my circumstances, that my anxiety, I'm, I'm just going to let things come as they may. I'm going I'm to just let it go. That is the best way to live your life. That is the best way, like, like literally, there is no logical, more, more peaceful way to live your life than to truly believe that God loves you, that he hears you when you, when, when you pray, and that you have a beautiful inheritance coming for you, and no matter what happens in this life, God will use everything for the good. That is the best way you could ever lose, live your life. It's like letting go of everything, letting go of your desire to control and manipulate things. It's praying, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not just in general, but like in this specific thing going on in my life. Prayer is the ability to trust God and to live a a peaceful life because you know he's with you and you know he loves you. And that's why Jesus calls us to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. He says, when you pray... Let go of what other people think about you. Quit trying to manipulate God and just wade into his love. Just, just step in and just let it be. And this is so revolutionary. This is so different than, than the way that we're raised because we're taught if you do the right things in life, the right things happen. If you, if, you, uh, if you go to school and you get a good education, you'll have the money you need. We think there's a formula in America to a good life, and yet they say depression is equal upon every socioeconomic status. More educated, wealthy people I know are unhappy than people I know who would be considered maybe poor. There's no formula. You either trust God with your life and you pray as you do or you don't. And you struggle until the day that you die. The reason why I say, why I'm using this analogy of wading into the ocean is because we're not so much focusing on certain outcomes and circumstances, we're just trying to know God. We're trying to to let the, the sum of our life be the reality that he loves us and he is with us and he has died for us that he has redeemed us. And we live our life within the truth of what God has said, not like the outcomes that we're so anxious about happening. It's like, what is the will for my life in in marriage? Like, like, what does that look like? Who will I marry? What are my kids, like, how are my kids gonna turn out? How are, um, how's my job situation? Like, what's this gonna be like? I mean, am I gonna do the same job for like my entire life and I hate it? He says, and when you pray, pray as someone who realizes that God is your father. God could have chosen a million ways to tell us about himself. And he said, I'm your father. When I introduced a lot of, or when I talk to a lot of you, I, I intentionally try to, um, and you probably notice this, like I, I try to refer to you as a friend or somebody in the family or as a brother, or as a sister, or someone, I, I constantly like, will intentionally say those words to you because I'm, I'm trying to convey to you that I really view myself as somebody who loves you, who cares about you, and, and I really see myself as, as, as your brother in Jesus. Like I really, really see myself as that in your life. And I say that because I'm revealing who I am to you. I'm saying, look, this is who I am. I'm your brother. I love you. I want good for you. I want to walk with you. I want you to love me and I want to be able to love you. And I want us to walk in life together because it's better that way. We're better together. And And I'm revealing who I am to you. And God says, this is Jesus who is God telling us how to pray to God. He says, look, when you pray to me, the father, refer to me as your father. That was the most enduring and loving and providing term that could have been used in Jesus's day. I'm your father, I'll take care of you, I love you, I know what's best for you, I'm with you, I love you, I will defend you from anybody who comes after you and try to kill you, right? If someone comes after you, I'm your father. And a father doesn't let people mess with his children, does he? Have you ever seen a father when his kids are attacked? It's the most vicious thing. There's like this this loving viciousness that just emerges Have you seen a father when there's, when there's no food on the table for his children? Have you ever seen a loving father, the things that he will do to provide for the kids that he loves? And God says, I'm like that to you. And because he's like that, we pray, your kingdom come, because I'll be taken care of. Your will be done. Father, give me my daily bread because I have none. I have all these needs and I have no way to meet them. The Lord's prayer is wading into dependence on the Father. I think I have a screen of that. Yeah, the Lord's prayer is wading into dependence. It's like it's hard, and it's like a step at a time. But you're learning to wade into this provision and to live a life that trusts God, and not a life that's just not a life that's stressed out and anxious all the time. Like I'm wading into your love. Like I'm trying. I'm going deeper and deeper in your spirit. And there comes this moment where I no longer have control, and that's okay because I love you, God. And all I'm focused on is your presence in my life right now. That as I'm as I'm preaching to you, why God is with you. He, the Holy Spirit, if you believe in Jesus, He dwells in your heart he is with you he is close to you and this moment is beautiful this moment is holy this this moment as I'm speaking is pure and the problems that await you as the service closes are just not a big deal because God has that taken care of and we're gonna trust him with it and we're just gonna pray your kingdom come and we can ask our father for stuff, we can bring specific needs, we can ask for outcomes, but we have more confidence in the fact that our father loves us and we build our lives up in that and we have more confidence in that than we do that this certain outcome is exactly what I need in my life. It, the Lord's Prayer is waiting into dependence on the Father. He says, Father, meaning God's the Father, we're the child. So who's in control? He's in control. He says, your kingdom come, so your ways and your rules be established. He says, God, your will be done, so your outcomes be the end result. And as we're praying this, we're, we're wading in, and the waves are coming, and they're trying to push us off of this. They're trying to make you doubt and question the Father and question His provision after He's already provided for you like a million times in the past. And we're, we're wading into this love, and the, and the waves are, are crashing, and there's, there's doubt, and there's, there's dark skies, and we're, we're just wading in. We're just going into God. We, we want to be with Him. We want to be present with Him. And then we say, give us our daily bread because he provides the things that we need. We say, forgive us, Father, because the only one who can forgive us is Jesus Christ in his atonement on the cross. He says, lead us not into temptation because only God can protect us. Every single line of the Lord's Prayer is just complete and utter dependence on God and satisfaction in it. We need to quit trying to control our lives and simply walk with God. The greatest threat to your faith is your desire to be in control. Most of us live this life spiritually where we only go so far. And, and when it gets to the point where we're no longer standing in the sand, we we just back up or, or we stay right there. And, and I think the greatest sign of that is like anxiety. It's worry. It's frustration. It's anger. Like when those things are emerging in your life, um, that's because you're still got your feet in the sand and you're still mad because your outcomes are not coming to reality. That's a sign that we don't trust God. And I'm there with you. I, I, there were a couple things I really worried about this week, and as I'm preparing this sermon, I'm like, "Man, I'm such a hypocrite, you know? Man, this is hard to preach this." But but, I, but I'm wading in, and I'm growing in these things. Right? We're we're, we're wading into him. Many of you uh, celebrated St. Patrick's Day this week, I'm sure. It was St. Patrick's Day this week, right? Raise your hand if, if that's a yes. Okay, good. I get all these holidays mixed up, right? It was a work day for me, so I don't really remember. I wore green, though. I had, like, these new green pants that I really like, and I threw them on, so I felt good. Just participating in the culture. Um, and so I, I don't like just ritually doing things. Like, I want to know why I'm doing something, right? Um... I don't like just singing songs in church because that's what we always do. I want to know why we do it. I want to understand it. I've always been that way. And so I, I was like, St. Patrick, I, was like, I need to look up what this guy did, right? And it was so amazing. As I was preparing the sermon, I, I read about this guy's life, and it was amazing. He was born in, in 5th century Britain. And St. Patrick, um, I guess he wasn't St. Patrick when he was 16 years old, but um, whatever he was, he was St. Patrick, and um, born in a wealthy family. And his family was considered to be kind of like nominally Christian, meaning they said they were Christian, and, but, you know, once again, it, I guess they didn't wade in very far <laughs> to the water. And um, when he was 16 years old, um, Irish raiders raided his family's estate in Britain. And not only did they destroy his family's estate, but they actually captured St. Patrick and they imprisoned him. And They took him back to Ireland with them. And for literally six years, so from ages 16 to 22, St. Patrick was imprisoned in Ireland, away from his family, thinking he would probably never see them again. I mean, can you imagine being 16 or, or however old and like just being kidnapped by people and like never being able to see your family again? Can you imagine the sorrow and the anger and all these things And when he was imprisoned, his role um, in the Irish captivity was he was a shepherd. And so he'd spend a lot of time alone out with the sheep. And so he was extremely lonely, um, extremely sad, probably depressed. And um, it was during this time, St. Patrick said, that his whole life changed. Because he realized that unless God somehow moved, he was never going to be able to do anything with his life. He realized in that moment that unless somehow God comes through, um, I'm stuck. I'll never see my family, like, he, he realized he was totally out of control, completely dependent upon God. And so it was during these six years of captivity that St. Patrick really began to, to grow in his faith, right? Faith wasn't just something that he said, it was something he did. He prayed, he wanted to grow, he didn't just show up at church. I mean, he was really, really, really wanting to do this. And he began praying to God and, and walking by the Spirit. He was wading into the Father's love for him. And he said one day he felt God tell him, all right, St. Patrick, it's time to leave captivity. Six years in, just it's, it's time to go. Time in, in being imprisoned, it's up. So he said, okay. And so somehow he escaped, and he walked 200 miles from the place that he was imprisoned to the Irish coast and was able, by God's grace, to get across the ocean, back—well, not across the ocean, but, but back to Britain on a ship— And he's so moved by the fact that the second that God said to go, all of a sudden he was able to do it and to get there safely. He said, God, I'm giving you my entire life. I've learned when I depend on you, when I trust on you, everything goes well. And so he said, God, what do you want me to do? And so he decided that what he was going to do was not only was he rescued, he was going to go back and be a missionary to those idiots that captured him. Those evil people. He was going to go preach the gospel to them because they obviously needed it. You ever met an Irish person? You ever met an unruly Irish person? <laughs> they need Jesus. I mean, we all do, but they really need Jesus. And he began training to be a priest, to go back to be a missionary to them. And it took him 15 years. Side note, sometimes God's will takes a little while. It took him 15 years, and then he was finally ready and he went back over to the people that had imprisoned him, established a church there, preached the gospel. Thousands, thousands were saved. And the turning point in his life was when he got to the point where he realized, I am just totally dependent on God. And that's what prayer is. That's the essence of it. You know, I I could walk you through the Lord's Prayer and say, okay, worship, and I give you like the acronym and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, but you'd forget it. We should model our prayers after the Lord's Prayer. should we should pray like that but but the reality that the whole lord's prayer the whole point is just god i love you and i know you love me and i'm i'm depending on you for everything and i'm not going to worry like that's that's the that's the crux of everything he he asks us to pray he says forgive your enemies because i'll take care of that you see justice will be brought but he doesn't tell us to go get that justice he says depend so so prayer is like waiting out into dependence on the Father. And St. Patrick, who said, my whole life changed when I was totally dependent upon God. My whole life began getting started. Everything changed when I finally just lived a life walking every day where God wanted me to go. And I didn't worry because I knew that his kingdom was coming regardless of what happened in my life. And the most famous prayer that St. Patrick ever prayed and one of the most famous prayers of the church, let me, pr- let me read this prayer to you, okay? Speaking of dependence on God and waiting into no control, just everything you're walking with the Father. This is his most famous prayer. St. Patrick prayed, Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lay down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in the eye of everyone that sees me, and Christ in every ear that hears me. That's praying the Lord's prayer. And I'll be the first to tell you, when you've got prayer requests, pray for them. That's a great thing. Pray, pray, pray. I mean, I mean pray. Just be honest. Don't lie. Don't be religious. Just pray. Just be honest. You're feeling, you're stressed out. I, I, I prayed this week for my ankle to get healed. I've been having ankle issues. I rolled it playing basketball. It's been getting on my nerves. I'm praying. I mean, pray for specific re- requests. But if prayer just becomes, God, give me everything I need. Give me everything I want. Give me everything I need. Give me everything I want. Who is that prayer really about? Who is that prayer really worshiping? What kingdom does that prayer want to see come? Closing thought is this. Prayer is wading into God's love and letting go. Everyone's been talking about the sun and like... It's been so depressing recently, you know, it's been so dark. I mean, literally, I don't think we've had a Sunday where the sun was fully out in like probably over a month. And it's, it's funny, we, we want the sun to come out so badly, we, we, it just encourages us. So, I don't know, it's weird, but it just does. And it's just like, this thing that we desire so much, there is nothing we can do to control that, but to be thankful when it does come out. that's that's the point, like that's the essence, that's everything. Christ in me, Christ with me, Christ behind me, Christ in front of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me, just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And this is why when we're stuck in our sin, when we're living a life without Jesus, we're, we're not connected to the Father, and the only way that we can be saved is through Jesus. Not, not because like he's just some mean, you know, in exclusive kind of guy, just because everything is Jesus. Everything goes through him. Salvation goes through him. Happiness goes through him. Trying to, to be saved, try to spend eternity in heaven, trying to do anything outside of Jesus is just a lost effort. If you're here this morning and, and you're not walking with Jesus and you're, you're thinking you're a good person and you're thinking all these things, your righteousness goes through Jesus. It's not your own. Those will spend eternity with the Father who call on the name of Jesus because he was the revelation of who God was. And through him we find everything that we need. The same reason we pray is the same reason we're saved through the gospel. Because everything is in him. Everything is through him. Everything comes as a result of his love for us. And so prayer is ultimately wading out into the love of the Father and the presence of God and letting go. God, what do you want to do with my life? What do you want to do with my eternity? When's your kingdom come? When are you going to reach all the nations? God, let let me be someone who prays and then just lives a life outside of that prayer. And then I trust God that you are doing everything. And I'm just a, a, a blessed Part of it. White oak. Keep waiting. Keep keep going. Keep emerging into the water of God's love. And when it gets to the point when you can no longer control it, when you're praying and you're saying, God, this is my prayer, but God, I really mean like let your kingdom come and your will be done. When you get to that point. Be thankful, because that's the point when God usually shows up and does something amazing. We're going to close by taking the Lord's Supper, and we've been doing this um, every single week as a way of enabling the people in our church to respond. Um, one of the things that we find is it's easy to kind of sit and listen to a sermon and yet, even as we walk to the Lord's Supper, uh, the, the cracker and the juice represent the broken body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and as we come forward and we partake of this, we do this in all seriousness. This is something that is for believers. Um, if you're not a believer in Jesus, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Um, but we do this because we mean it. And so, obviously, we reserve this for those who really believe. in in Christ's atonement and resurrection for them. And whenever we partake of the elements, it's a reminder of how much God loves us. And that same father who loves us in prayer also loves us to the point that when we had sinned and walked away from him, that he died for us. And as the sun comes out this morning, we, we celebrate that. As you walk to the front, I pray you would envision yourself wading into the love of the Father, wading also into His will for your life, White Oak, that you would be a vessel for His glory and for His beauty in this world. And that whatever has been on your heart, whatever has been heavy, whatever has been bothering you, whatever has been dragging you down, that before you get out of that seat, just let it go. And we wade into His love as we come to the front. Please bow your heads and let me pray for you during this time. God, we're not praying right now because it's what we always do to close a sermon. God, we come before you right now because you love us and you hear us. God, lead us to pray personally. I believe the Uh, the greatest difference often between a vibrant faith and a stale faith is just personal prayer. And God, I pray that you would teach us to trust your love for us and your provision for us. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room right now who I love, who I have the honor of walking with in this life. God, I ask that you would minister to their hearts during this time. I pray that as they they walk forward to take the Lord's Supper. That you would just overwhelm them with the reality of your love that is represented in your broken body and your, bro- and your shed blood from you hanging on the cross for the sins of the world, the perfect sacrifice for us. God, if we've been holding back in our lives, if we've been unwilling to to wade beyond the point of our control and our relationship with you, if we've been holding back, if we've been um, resisting your spirit or your presence, if we've been resisting your love for your satisfaction in our lives, God, I pray that you would push us beyond the point of our control, that we would enter your love, that we would not just pray the Lord's prayer, we would live a life that reflects the Lord's prayer. And our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Would you stand with us at this time?